0: Hey, everybody, we're live. It's Dave and Darren here to talk about the Minnesota Vikings who just traveled out to LA to play the Chargers in that big, beautiful SoFi Stadium. We're going to get ready to get this show started. So keep with us. Welcome to 2 0 Bloggers, your 2021 pregame show for the Vikings. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us today as we talk your Minnesota Vikings, as they meet up with that bolt-up team, the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium. But first, Darren, my partner in crime here, half of the two old bloggers that's been blogging for decades. How you doing, buddy?
1: Not bad, David, yourself on this fine Saturday afternoon. I am enjoying it's a little warmer. I'm enjoying it's a little warmer it. warmer where but... you are than me, my my place. But anyway, oh well. How much warmer am I? <laughs> Sorry, I did. You'll have to do the uh, Fahrenheit conversion? Celsius uh, conversion. It's uh it's only, it's not too bad. It's only like minus three Celsius here today. Okay, but so the so snow it's below is on the ground. Yeah,
0: Most, yeah. All right.
1: Yeah, where we're
0: hitting three. around seventy today down here in Austin. It feels chilly. Oh, you poor a thing! I know. You poor <laughs> <a> thing. <laughs> seventy Fahrenheit. So um, yeah. Uh, so it's it's quite pleasant. But yes. speaking of oh, Wayne's got seventy six there in Vegas. Good for you, Wayne. Um. Speaking of pleasantries, we have a game to discuss, and in this one you wanted to go over a few different things. So we will start switching scenes and we get our normal graphics up. Let's first talk
1: about the ratings. I think that was first on your list. Yeah, I think that's kind of been like a common start Mm -hmm. for the show of late. We get the old rankings up there, kind of see where everything lands. And, uh, here we got the the Vikings
0: offense versus the chargers defense
1: anything so note? a bit of a yes well uh, the the big thing to note here is that uh i think for overall is that neither unit is all that all that great hell uh <laughs> a little bit surprised again to see pro fo- football focus has got our offense ranked at 11th um they are uh, they have been watching somebody's been watching the vikings games lately and somehow they still have us ranked 11th i would say that if you'd you'd looked at the vikings offense performance the last two games you'd have a hard time figuring they were almost a top 10 offense but that's what pff has got i think the big thing uh, that um uh, really t- to look at here is the Chargers' defense big weakness is the run defense obviously mm-hmm. Uh anyway you slice it through all the rankings, they've got pretty low rankings in, in uh in rush defense, uh, kind of like another team we know. Yes. Um quite quite well, we'll get there on the next but, slide. Yes. Yeah. Next but uh slide. but uh, uh if you go by football outsiders and even if you've again watched the Vikings games, uh the our run defense, our run offense has not been uh as effective as we expected coming into the season. Dalvin Cook's been a little bit less effective and he's been banged up a bit. Uh, the Vikings' run, run blocking, which was a, a strength last year, has been a big weakness this year. And so will the Vikings be able to uh, capitalize on the Chargers' inability to stop the run? The fact that our run offense is is not as strong as we expected, and a lot of the rankings say that, uh, that is, brings it into question. That's the big thing. The, the other thing on the offense defense is that uh, we are our pass offense is ranked pretty high, but the Chargers' pass defense is also ranked pretty high. So another situation of uh, the Viking's strength on offense is also the Chargers' defensive strength. Strength. And, and 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 then the, the Vikings' offensive weakness is the Chargers' defensive weakness. So a real tough one to see. Uh, there, you know, going to be a big test here for which team can kind of right those wrongs and take advantage uh, of you know wh- which offense and which defense can take advantage of the of the other you know mm-hmm. and of each other's weakness. Of wits,
0: here's the flipped graphic where our defense ranks and where the Chargers' offense ranks. And you were just talking yes, about the... they've got a strong run game and we've got a weak run defense for a myriad of reasons. One of them we'll get to <laughs> in the injury report.
1: Yep. Hey, Steven. And yeah, and you can Stephen from Australia showing up again. I think it's Sunday there now. Like Sunday Yeah. At... Sean yeah, like... talked
0: about a huge spread between running and passing D. Yes. And it's for both defenses.
1: Yeah, again, uh, the PFS has uh, our defense ranked tenth in the league. Uh, football Outsiders also likes our defense, but if you look at the Elias, the, the counting stats, uh, they are not as impressed nope. <laughs> with our defense. Uh, and uh, I think that you know that, that's that's kind of been I the, the analytics stuff and the ranking stuff. There's always some some stuff that you you some of the rankings some of their metrics uh, for your teams there's some things that always you always say yep that's correct that's bang on and there's always some things where you really raises your eyebrows and our defensive ranking there for both p f f and football outsiders raises uh, eyebrows with me because uh, while the Vikings defense at times has looked really good at other times it's looked just like last year's defense particularly on the the run side of the things and we seem to shut teams down for a short you know a couple of quarters or one quarter or a half and then we let them run and gain Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of yards or a whole bunch of points on us you know the rest of the time Uh, it's a very Jekyll and Hyde kind of defense and I don't think that there's anything there that uh, suggests to me that our, uh, our defense is, uh, you know, all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. now, even, all right, each of these three systems,
0: Elias uses straight data numbers, right? Yep. PFF and Football Outsiders use their algorithms and they weight certain things differently, right, to come up with their scores. Uh, we're second in sacks with 27, right? Yep. And we were real high with not giving away sacks um, on the offensive side. It's That may be weighed higher in football outsiders than it is in PFF. Or PFF, especially when we talk about the Vikings offense, um, Dr. Eric Eager says all the time, they are doing what they are asked to do, especially when he talks about Kirk Cousins. He does what he is asked to do most of the time. And if he completes a two-yard check down to C.J. Ham, that's a positive play, right? So his score goes up, drives us absolutely insane, and, yells, and we yell at the TV, but it is a positive score in their system. And that's where I see how these numbers differ, right? Where you can sit there and go, Yeah, I can see, if you know how they do it, you can go, yeah, I can see that, great. But that doesn't, my eyeball says, these guys aren't, as in this graphic says, a number, 10th rank defense. Because we give up, you know, a lot of points, we always let the team get in, back into the game. And we're struggling at the end to catch up and win. And most of the time we haven't. And it's done it for every game except for one this season. And how can you be such a good defense if all these games are so close? That's what I get from these. Now, there's one Mm -hmm. more slide, of course. There is. Special teams. Special teams. We moved up in football outsiders as of last week. And the Chargers stayed the same. They literally have the worst special teams um, from kicker on to all the other coverage in the NFL, which means probably tomorrow they're going to have an outstanding day and hit everything in front of them. (laughs)
1: Just the way yeah, you no. Get ready. For exactly, it. Dave. Exactly, Dave. Yeah, like I read Mike Tanner on Football Outsiders walkthrough said something along the lines of like uh, the uh, there's a um, yeah the the Chargers have a you know big time kicking problems this year, but uh, but uh, opponents of the Vikings have some you know an uncanny the kickers of Viking you know mm-hmm. kickers that Vikings uh, face have an uncanny ability to like nail every kick that they when they play us and i don't yeah i'm not expecting it to be much different uh tomorrow but but yeah you you look at the vikings um special teams rankings were very low on football outsiders two or three weeks ago as well we were i think we were ranked 30th or 31st or 20, 29th we, we were mm-hmm. we were low and that was because joseph was missing some key kicks i think right. uh, and we weren't getting anything in the return game well uh last week uh, we you know Kenny Wongu returns returns the kick 96 yards for a touchdown. We had a fake punt that he also got for a nine yard gain mm-hmm. and a first down. And and Joseph hasn't missed any kicks the last two weeks. Our punt and kickoff coverage has been very Good. consistent, very strong all year. Barry has been a pretty you know done very well as a punter. So I think you know those the really was in the kickoff return game and the fact that Joseph was missing uh, uh, you know too many kicks. Uh, he's gotten he's righted that the past couple of weeks hasn't kicked a lot of long field goals either. but I think that's why our ranking is going up a bit and uh, and the chargers, as you say, they haven't improved at all. Uh, that could be a big um, you know a significant um, advantage for the Vikings. Especially, I, I don't know how good the Chargers kickoff and uh, particularly its kickoff coverage has been, and I don't know how often their kicker uh, gets uh, free kicks, which I, I think that the Chargers special teams coach is going to be saying, buddy, to his kicker, whatever you do, don't kick it to that Wang Wu guy. Uh, <laughs> I think that's probably that's probably going to be the the uh, instructions he's going to get after what they watched last,
0: last week. Last week. And we'll get more into a later in the show. Now. We will. Next, you wanted to talk about, well, first, one more slide. Ooh. The injury. Injury yes. report. Isn't that ugly? Yeah, and it's not even injuries for the Vikings. It's for COVID, most of the Vikings, which... you can see is listed as COVID. And we can probably, because we're the Minnesota Vikings, expect more of that tomorrow morning as we hear... As we get ready for the game, we hear a tweet of, oh, shit. And then we're like, who's out now? Um, Who tested positive? That could very well happen. It could happen for us and the Chargers. Chargers do have one uh, player out, Drew Tranquil. What a name, Tranquil. So calm and sweet. I'm a linebacker, Mm. Drew Tranquil.
1: (laughs) Not a name for a linebacker. Um, Maybe not, but he is a starter for them. So He is a uh, starter is for a, them.
0: And just so people loss. know, I started adding ones and twos. There's no threes on here. Uh, one is a starter per their depth chart. So you can have two CB ones because there's two cornerbacks, right? Uh, a two is immediate backup. So as you can see here, they've got a lot of starters that are on there. Uh, Michael Davis at cornerback is doubtful. Most likely he did not practice at all last week. And you have uh, running back Justin Jackson, who is their Alexander Madison version, is doubtful as well. Safety Nasir Adderley is questionable. That's a big one when it comes to passing uh, for us. Now, for them passing, Keenan Allen who is their uh, wide receiver uh, one or two normally. He's the other starter when they go with a two-set. Um, he is also questionable. And what's good for the Vikings offense, if he does not play, is Joey Bosa, um, who's an outside linebacker, got him listed as edge. Obviously, Joey, everybody knows Joey and how good he is. He would have paired up against Brian O'Neill. So, should be good and relentless. Mm-hmm. Now, for us, I mean, we know we got the signal caller on the defense out, bar. Pierce is out again, which makes me wonder what in the heck did he do to his elbow? And, five
1: straight games, uh, mm-hmm. and they didn't put him on the
0: IR. Well, and I would, which tells you the medical team was saying it's nothing major. Because if yeah. it was major, they would have put him on the IR.
1: And then exactly. It, so it's kind of been like a week to week thing where they're thinking, "Oh, he's going to come back this week. He's going to come back this week," and he hasn't been coming back for five weeks now. Right. Which means <laughs> they blew the in practice.
0: Yeah, they blew the uh, prognosis at the beginning, and uh, it's not the first time, and I'm sure it won't be the last. Now, Brashad Brelan being questionable, this one's a little intriguing. Um, I don't know how well he's gonna play. I'm trying to remember what his injury was. It was like it's an a ankle. groin injury. Groin. It's groin. a
1: groin. Yeah. And uh, well as long not, as he not, keeps not it a, warm. Not a good not a good one for a, uh, a a position where you need to run a lot, although that that that's most positions in football. Right. Uh, well running and yeah, make he didn't...
0: jerky movements as you're swiveling your hips and trying to turn and stuff like that. Yes. It's not a good one. Oh. No. but Easiest way for a groin is never let it get cold. Once you start playing, keep it moving, because if you let it, if you sit and that sucker tightens up, you're done.
1: Um, I guess he'll be on the bike a lot if he plays then, yeah. between when, when he's not uh, actually playing.
0: That's generally how that one's treated, if he actually does play. We shall see.
1: Now we go I'm thinking, on. To- I'm thinking no for Breland, actually. I'm not expecting him to be out there. Probably. Well
0: let's look at the Tajas. Let's look at their offense. It's basically got a four headed monster. You have Herbert, who's the young up and coming franchise quarterback that everybody drools over. He's the perfect size. I think he's six six. He's got a strong arm. He's doing it. He was well above what was expected out of the draft. He's playing and he's doing great, and he throws to Keenan Allen, and he throws to Mike Williams, and uh, he has Austin Eckler in the backfield, who is a shifty little back. Austin Eckler is the type that, if you give him six inches, he swivels to his side, and he squeezes through the hole, and those are can be extremely frustrating.
1: What do you think of these yep. guys? Well, I love uh, the first guy I was going to point out was it was you mentioned him last was Austin Eckler. I, mm-hmm. I've always liked him. Uh, one of his problems has been you know he's listed at five ten and two hundred pounds. He's probably. I don't know, you know, most of those guys, those weights, they get them in high school and they never <laughs> change them. So, uh, but I don't think I don't think he's much much. Uh, he's probably probably not much more than 200 pounds, but he's packed on a bit of muscle since the high school days, I'm sure. But but like you said, he's a uh, not a big back, uh, very shifty, great pass catcher out of the backfield, like one of those running backs that. You'd love the Vikings to have, right? He's a dual threat kind of guy. Well, no, we—I mean, let's face it, Dalvin Cook is a dual threat as well, right. and a you know very good one. Uh, but Eckler is one of those guys where he's now the full time dude. In previous years, he was a part time guy. He was, uh, you know, he'd 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 time share with uh, with Gordon. Uh, Gordon's gone, but he's been very effective out of the as a runner this year. I think he's averaging four four point eight four point seven yards a pop and he 's got over thirty catches out of the backfield, so they throw to him a lot mm-hmm. um, and he 's a guy that you know again, like you said he doesn 't need a whole lot of room he 's a small guy you so he 's hard to find with when the big uglies get out pulling and and uh, you know where are you going to find this guy he 's just going to quick pops out you you can 't find him all of a sudden, he spurts through a hole and he 's gone that's he 's going to be a big problem for the Vikings because not a not a you know not a physical going to knock over guys but if you can't get a hold of him in the first place then <laughs> it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. and with the vikings struggles against the in the run game all year uh he's going to be a significant uh, problem for us uh and again it's not just on the uh, stopping him in the run game it's also that he's very dangerous out of the past so a uh, little bit of a if we lose sight of him you don't have bar playing uh, today uh, or tomorrow for sure. You know who's going to account for him out of the backfield? Big issue. Keenan Allen is the uh, the guy. He's the high volume pass catcher dude. He's got fifty catches this year, but his his average per catch is like around ten, just over ten. So he's not. That, but he's not, he's the guy who catches the, you know, the first down, second down catches, uh, moves the chains, probably not not a huge, huge deep threat, but he's a guy who catches usually catches everything that you throw his way. And they throw to him a lot. He
0: catches first. Mike down.
1: Williams, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Mike Williams is he's, uh, he started off the year at gangbusters, really doing well. I watched him in the Cleveland game and he killed the Browns in that game. But, you know, he's a guy, I think he's 6'4", listed at 230 or something like that. So he's tight end size. But he's their deep – he's the guy that he, Herbert's uh, going to throw uh, the deep balls to, and he's the guy that he's got the speed to run by you or uh, run by you if he has to. But he can win those 50-50 jump balls uh, against the shorter DBs, can box you out on uh, in red zone, end zone type throws. And the other thing that Herbert does is he'll just chuck it up there to Williams. And, uh, even if he's not open and figure, well, he'll get the 50, 50 or the debate de- defensive back will panic and it'll be a pass interception and we'll get, you know, 40, 50 yards anyway. Uh, right. so they are a, um, those three guys, Eckler, Allen and Williams are a, um, significant trio and one that, uh, you have to account for. And, uh, they're, you know, they're the guys that, if they're really on and having big days, it's going to be a, a big, uh, a long day for the Vikings defense. The other well, can thing is, this
0: defense he- hold this offense, and t- how many points can they hold them under thirty?
1: Um, can our defense hoping, hold these guys? 100. I'm hoping, but uh, I think the, the the question the question is, uh, can the Vikings defense play a full sixty minutes? Uh, and play well, fundamentally sound, tackle well, uh, get off the field consistently for 60 minutes. They do it for stretches. They shut down offenses for stretches, but then they go through stretches like we're. I was saying earlier in the game where it's like touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Just yeah, you know, long drive drives, drive long drives, drive long draw. drives,
0: and they get gassed. And our yeah, offense comes and out, and does them no favor.
1: That's right. Yeah, like last week and other weeks. I think it's going to be. Uh, I can see the Vikings holding them to like the high twenties, but I think expecting the Vikings to hold them to like twenty, you know, in the low twenties, where I think 20, they need 21 to, be, points. I think to Yeah, I think that that's going to be harder. And uh, He Hebert hasn't been. He's been sacked fourteen times this year. That's not a lot. He's very mobile, even though he's six six. Um, so he's not just he's another mobile quarterback who can escape the rush. you think you got him, then you don't have him and uh, you know like Lamar Jackson, like Kyler Murray, like Russell wilson we we faced all of those guys this mm-hmm. year and he, Herbert Hebert's another one of those guys um, again, you know strong arm, he'll throw the ball he can make all the throws. Uh, mobile not getting sacked much, so I don't think that's all uh, uh, him. The Chargers' offensive line this year, unlike other years, is ranked pretty well this year. And their rookie left tackle Rashawn Slater picked a few picks before our left tackle mm-hmm. Christian Darrisaw. He's been ran- he's been doing uh, very well this year. I-, I watched him go up against Miles Garrett in the Cle- that wild Cleveland Chargers game, and-, and he held up really well against Garrett, who is right now the best defensive end in the National Football League, like <laughs> all the announcers like to say. Uh, I don't think the Vikings can hold these guys, the Chargers to under, under 30, and with the way our offense has been playing of late, that spells big trouble for the Vikings.
0: Mary asked, is uh, Justin Herbert a better quarterback than our very own Mr. Clutch? Um, Kirk Cousins.
1: Yes, but uh, it's it's not a big difference now. The thing that sep- uh, that where Herbert separates himself from from Kirk, uh, and that's a lot of quarterbacks do is that uh, he can make something out of nothing. He can scramble. He can he can avoid the pass rush. Whereas if Kirk doesn't get uh, optimum pass protection, it's it's a bigger problem for. Him. And everything goes exactly
0: um, as it's diagrammed. Yes, you are yeah. 100% correct. <laughs> and Herbert's who would you got, rather uh, have in you know, the future? Well, Herb- yes. Yeah. Herbert uh, yeah. or our cousins? And that answer, I think, well, is easy for all of us if we had the choice.
1: Well, yes, and we don't have the choice. But, yeah, Herbert's like 10 years younger than... 10 years younger than Kirk, and he's just as good now as, as Cousins and probably a little bit better. So, yeah, obviously it'd be a hell yeah to getting Herbert over Cousins if you had the choice. Mm-hmm. So, Somehow I don't think the Chargers are uh, giving up uh, giving him away. I don't think so either.
0: All right. Next, we move on to the Vikings offense. And we bring yeah. up this young fellow. And I say that disparagingly. Clint Kubiak, <laughs> spawn of uh, Gary. Gary, has been our offensive coordinator this year. And the question I ask in the title of this video is, is he over his head and his abilities?
1: It sure looks that way, Dave. Uh, and... I don't know. It, it, it feels like right now I'm going to look into the camera here, and I'm, I know Clint isn't listening, and—and uh, and, uh, but I'm going to have a heart-to-heart with Clint right now. <laughs> Clint, I know people think you suck right now. You're probably getting a lot of hate mail. We used to say hate mail, us older guys, but it's hate email now, I suppose, or hate social media, hate tweets and hate Facebook posts and hate Instagram folks. But Clint... It's a, It's been a rough go right now. Your offense is, we had concerns about you coming into the season. You have not diminished those concerns. Actually, they've grown over the past few weeks. Your offense is looks great on the first drive, and then after that, it's like three and out, three and out, three and out. Punt, 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 punt. Conservative play calling. When I can figure, when I can call out the plays that you're going to run, before you run them, I'm thinking the defense also is doing that. And the results on, our, on a lot of our offensive drives in most of the games this year, for large stretches of those games, indicates that I am correct. The defense knows exactly what you're going to do. You're not fooling them. You're not doing anything out of the ordinary. You're not using our offensive weapons to the best of their ability. Clint, I beg of you, as a Vikings fan, long-suffering one, figure this out. You were never a coordinator at any level until this year. You were given this big job, and you are failing at it at this point. So for your future, your future in the coaching profession, this may be the only shot you get at being a coordinator in the NFL. You need to, for these next eight games, you need to, reverse whatever the hell's been going on with your offense and make the Vikings offense the top 10 unit that it was last year. Well, we weren't top 10. We were 11th. But, you know, details, details. Hey, let's not get hung up on them. The, the, main, the point I'm taking here is the offense under you has regressed terribly. And if you want to continue to be an offensive coordinator at the NFL level or maybe even a head coach someday like your dad was, and win a Super Bowl, it's not going to happen if you don't get this offense right starting this week against the Chargers. So, Clint, this is, this is my, like, my call to you to get this right, figure it out somehow. You've got good players, can't use that as an excuse, so it's got to be the coaching, right? You've got, a, you've got an opportunity here to be, be the next Kevin, Kevin Stefanski or the next Sean McVay, like the offensive hot shot. If you can get this right, turn this offense into the explosive offense we all, all Viking fans want to see and have us go on a big win streak. Maybe you'll even get a head coaching job next year if that happens. You'll at least be the offensive coordinator probably for somebody again after that. But if things keep going the way they're going right now, You'll be at Northern Iowa next year as a special teams coach. Maybe. Very good, very good. The I end. hope
0: I hope he listens. I hope somebody in the organization gets him that because it comes from obviously from your heart and from the heart of all fans. Very well done. Now, with that, how can we get a spark on offense? What's your Proposition. What's one way that
1: we might be able to do that? Well, we've uh, got this rookie running back named Kenai Wongu. and we all know that at uh, he uh, he very fast, but was little used at Iowa State. He only I think he only had like 130 carries. Well, let me check that. I got his college stats up here. Sorry, 143 degrees at Iowa State in four years. But he ran an unofficial 4.2840 at his pro day last year, uh, Whether it was, regardless, which would have been the 10th fastest um, 40 time in NFL history going into the draft if it had been official at the combine. Anyway, uh, no matter how you slice it, the guy is very fast. Uh, and most players on the team thinks he's the fastest player on the team by far. Oh, he's gotta be, he's gotta be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, had one kickoff return in preseason, hyperextended his knee and he was never seen from again, but last week against the Ravens we finally got a chance to see him he was again he was re- returning kicks against Dallas but he never got a chance to return any because they were all you know touchbacks by by the Cowboys and the the kickoffs that he got so last week two kickoff returns one of them he goes 96 yards to the takes it to the house they also gave him a, again we mentioned earlier he had the, the fake punt gets a 9-yard gain out of that what you saw out of those two plays Dave was that speed the kickoff return Again, he had, some guys had some angles on him. Now, one of them was Justin Tucker. So <laughs> <laughs> I can outrun Justin Tucker, probably. Uh, uh, so that, maybe, that, maybe that's not the best argument for things. But he also outrun, you know, a couple other uh-huh. defenders had angles on him. Wangu outran the angles, like Randy Moss in 98 against the Cowboys. That punt return you, you saw, uh, Gino. I think it was Geno Stone was the Ravens defender, number mm-hmm. twenty six he had he had Wangu in a states now he didn't take the best angle I think he played inside instead of playing outside and letting make forcing Wango to go inside anyway whatever he did Wango outran him to the corner and got nine yards out of it the Vikings offense is struggling we have this guy Wangu who is super super fast uh, if we need a spark it seems to me that Providing him with some offensive snaps could give us that spark. We need and it, and it opens the
0: playbook. Uh, as
1: yeah, Wayne says, uh,
0: use Kenny like other teams, like was it, the Falcons use Cordell or Patterson. You can use him in jet sweeps. You can use him uh, maybe in screens. You can use him in all different areas. Um Wildcat stuff like that. Just get him the ball, especially get him in space and watch him fly. And yeah, that's exactly. And you were telling Clint, he, he, you know, don't be so conservative. Well, this—I don't know if you'd call it conservative or not—but it's smart to get your playmakers the ball.
1: So exactly. And here's a guy you you. He's not going to make any plays for you sitting over on the standing over on the sidelines next to uh, Kennedy Palomalu, your running backs right. coach. Uh, and I like Alexander Madison just fine, and I was singing his praises after the Seattle game and all of that. But maybe Wangu should be taking some of his snaps, although he's not getting a whole lot of them either. Uh, but you know, we know Matty is a mm-hmm. solid running back, but big plays are not the thing that he does. Wangu has got the speed to take it to the house every time he touches the damn ball. And the thing is, right now, opposing defenses have no, none, absolutely zero offensive tape on this guy because he has not played an offensive snap yet. He plays special the special teams and it's been two games, but that's not he hasn't been out of the backfield, he hasn't been given the ball in running plays, none of those things. So they don't even know they don't have tape to judge like how fast this guy is. The first time the Chargers are going to see how fast Wangu is and see what kind of moves he has and and you know how difficult uh, he is to tackle is when they play him tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like you said, now get him out in space, get him the ball in space, see what happens. It can't be any worse than what we what we saw last week on many drives, and the week before against the Cowboys and many other drives every other week. Right, Wang Wu as a as a, a catching threat that's a that's a big um, that's a big question mark because he has uh, he had a grand total at Iowa State of seven catches in four years. So not he didn't have a, to get the ball in his hands a whole lot catching the ball. So I don't know how good of a receiver he is. But he's a professional, uh, and he's fast. Get him the ball somehow. Like I said, like the Falcons do with Cordell, Cordell Patterson. Uh, now Patterson's much more experienced and is, uh, than Wangu is. But again, you got a playmaker. You got a guy who's a, a big play threat. To not use him is criminal, especially when teams is is criminal, especially when teams have no tape on him and have no idea how to defend him. Hey. I'd rather see again. Uh, he's a guy that could give us that spark. Imagine if he could—he takes a screen pass for 50 yards, and maybe it's not even a—not necessarily a touchdown—but that's a big, big play. That on a on a on a play that usually goes right now is going for three or four yards max right. to our other running backs. Even maybe Wangu is the guy has got that juice that can provide a couple of two or three big plays that can swing the game in the Vikings favor instead of what is happening. Most games where the other team makes those plays that swing the game in their favor. Uh, Exactly. Again, if you're not using the guy, you'll never know how good he is. And this is kind of one of the things that's frustrating for a lot of Vikings fans is that Courtney Cronin wrote in a story this week that um, before the Baltimore game, the Vikings had gotten the least amount of production out of their rookie class for the size Mm -hmm. of the class. Basically until Derrissaw got started playing three games ago. Get this Amir Smith. Marset was the only rookie who was contributing at all. Mm -hmm. And he was only doing it on occasional kickoff returns. And that didn't last long either. Uh, So that we were getting a big fat zero out of our, out of our rookie class. Now the Ravens game, you know Derisaw's in there. The past three weeks he's looking pretty good. We got um, we got uh, you know Cameron Bynum doing what he did last week. We've got we've got the, the uh, again we got Wangu doing what he did on special teams. Mm-hmm. Time for some of these other guys to get involved too, like Chas with Bar out. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to see Nick Vigil and in there and Eric Kendricks most of the time. But I'd like to see Surratt play. Uh, a little bit more. Let's see what he's got. He's a third-round draft pick, was very productive in North Carolina. Let's get some of these rookies out there and see what they can do. i would love to
0: see Patrick Jones stuck into the rotation at defensive end. Maybe we can get some spark out of that. His strength is pass rush, so he's supposedly a little undisciplined and doesn't know all the techniques, mm -hmm. but if the motor is good enough, he's
1: going to get there. So. Just like Kenny Willekes' motor was running red hot against the Ravens. And,
0: and he's out and, due to COVID.
1: Yep, that's right. And and I didn't think we'd be saying this. You wouldn't have been saying this a few weeks ago, but with Hunter out uh, uh, for the season and the way Willikas has played in the two games that he has played, that's a pretty significant loss for the Vikings' defensive line mm-hmm. right now, which the pass rush <laughs> against the Ravens did not look at all like it missed anything without Hunter. They were very effective in the pass rush. Got a lot of pressure. I think 23 pressures on the Ravens in that game.
0: Which is good. Griffin had
1: six. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Griffin had six. Armin Watts had five. And then Willekes had four. So somebody else is going to have to step up where Willekes had stepped up. And maybe it's Patrick Jones. (laughs) I don't think it's going to be Eddie Yarbrough. Unfortunately, Wayne, that is
0: true. They care how good you look in practice. It's a beauty contest, and it's part of old school. you got to pay your dues, get up there. And you've got to be able to do what you're required to do in practice. I understand that portion of it. But I suspect we're going to see Patrick Jones this week because Willekes is out. Yeah. Um, You're talking about Christian Derrissan, how well he's played. Well... I've got the rankings up for our offensive line. And if you notice, I've swapped out Garrett Bradbury for Mason Cole, who had a decent (laughs) game last week. He scored higher than all of, what, four games in Garrett's career. And I'm curious if he can keep that up.
1: Yeah, well, we'll find out for one more week if he if he will keep it up. What I'd be curious is if if uh, if the Vikings' offense is successful tomorrow, particularly in on, in the run game, but mm-hmm. I guess pass blocking too. It's important that you're good at both. But if the Vikings' offense is very effective, and and Cole gets good grades again, even though Zimmer's trashed PFF before and saying they don't right. know what. You know what the guys are being asked to do. So how can they grade them? Right. Uh, but I think uh, I think you can. It's easy to grade guys who obviously get blown up and <laughs> right. give up, the, you know, pressures and that sort of things, regardless of what their assignment was. Uh, if if they're getting blown up at the line of scrimmage, getting pushed back, that ain't good. And that happens a lot with Garrett Bradbury, it seems. Uh, I think that yeah, that the, what would be interesting to see is is if Bradbury gets a starting job back because for three years now, Viking fans, again, we're not elite football minds, you know. Uh, <laughs> we don't know nothing, but we've been saying that Brad Bradbury has not played very well, and rankings from PFF agree with us 110%. Mm-hmm. And the PFF grades uh, so the there are, are the
0: composites. They're not the ranking because I don't have visibility on where they rank the offensive line as a whole, but they're <laughs> composite numbers for run and pass blocking. Now, the DVOA. Well, I can
1: tell you they rank, they
0: ranked 24th. Okay. PFF in the league. And uh, the run and pass blocking for DVOA, you can see, is different. That they haven't run block well, but they pass block great. And I think for the DVOA, they take into the fact that Kirk's only been sacked, what, 10 times? Something like that. It's a real low number.
1: Ten times, yeah, it's ten times, and yeah, if and not pressured they, that often. If, if, yeah, if uh, if they, if they keep on this this pace, or uh, the the Vikings do, it'll be the least that Cousins has been sacked in any time in his career since he's been a starter. The most, the least since before this one, if it ends up being around twenty, was uh, he was sacked twenty three times his first year as a starter in Washington. Uh, now wow. back then they had Trent Williams and a few other people right uh, much better they didn't start you, out you know, with rashad me. hill
0: on the side so
1: yeah but the thing that uh, is a big uh is going to be a big hey, key right. tomorrow i think is that when we raymond's showing up way to go thanks for showing up raymond was again that you showed those rankings earlier at the beginning of the show which raymond didn't see but talking about how the chargers run defense is poor 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 even worse than the vikings run defense is and but that the vikings offensive line run blocking and it's up there with football outsiders is also poor 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 um what if the vikings i think considering that the the chargers pass defense is the strength uh you would think this would be kind of a game where the vikings could get something going with the run game, unlike what happened in the Ravens game last week, yeah, Cook had he had two big runs and pretty much every other run was not much. We mm-hmm. didn't get much out of the running game. You can't take away those two plays, they matter, but you'd like to see more consistency, more positive runs the vast majority of the time. We did not get that against the Ravens. Tomorrow, considering how poor the Chargers run defense is, you would think that this would be an opportunity for us to do that. But I question whether the the Vikings' offensive line can pull that off. It seems to me that when opponents set out to with strategies to shut down the Vikings' run defense, whether it's put mm. a safety in the you know an ex, a sa- right. a safety down in the box or run blitzes, that sort of thing, they stop our running game more often than not. And our offensive line can't ex- exert its will on the opposing defense and get the running game going. Even when the that defense is trying to stop our running game. I want an offensive line. I was talking to somebody else about this early in the week. I want an offensive line, like what Cleveland does teams try to stop Cleveland's running game. And Cleveland doesn't give a shit. (laughs) They know they're going to run. They're going to run the ball anyway. And they run teams into the ground.
0: Right. It's a more powerful
1: um, type line.
0: And, Mike Zimmer asked for bigger, better bodies. What I found out interesting today, and I had to look it up because I wasn't quite sure. When I was looking up the stats here, I was looking for Mason Cole. PFF has Mason Cole listed as a tackle. I'm like, a tackle? He played center and guard at Arizona. Why got him as a tackle? Then I had to go back. You know what school Mason Cole played for? He played for the Michigan Wolverines. Yes, our buddy Drew does. You got that, Michigan. And what positions did he play at Michigan?
1: I thought he played center and guard at Michigan, but you're probably going to tell me he played tackle. He started out at center. They moved him out to left tackle.
0: He played left tackle for most of the time, and then they moved him back to center for part of his senior year. That was it. He's a tackle, Mm -hmm. or was a tackle. So, do you know what that means? It means the transformation is complete. We've got all <laughs> five guys across the line that played tackle in college.
1: It's, it is what it is. It's different. So yeah but uh, but that transformation was not made by our coaching staff though the arizona coaching staff did that for cole as opposed right. to us doing it uh, like turning a tight end into a guard or whatever the <laughs> hell they do with it. but uh, i really question whether the vikings offensive i don't know whether it's because we're not we don't have a we're not physical enough or it's the the blocking scheme but but we just don't seem to be able to like when other teams go to like a heavy package and put three tight ends in and an extra offensive lineman in and plus the five that they got, they seem to be able to push the pile, especially when right. they're facing our run defense. When, when we try to do that, we don't get anywhere. We just get stuffed with a, like a, a TFL tackle for a loss, or we don't get the first down. And you've got, usually got Dalvin cook back there. You can't tell me that <laughs> that guy can't, can't get you at one yard. If he's got even like a, a an inch to, to get right. through. So uh, I'll be really interested to see tomorrow. If the Vikings offensive line can open up the holes consistently for our run game, whoever's in there, whether it's Madison cook or Wang Chung and get that offense rolling, because um, really, when it's when we get into a, a second and eight or a second and nine, that seems to be just the killer for for our offense. Uh, they they have a hard time mm-hmm. overcoming those long down and distance situations. At least that's how I see it. They also lately have had a hard time overcoming short down and yes, distance situations. <laughs> uh, they have a hard time uh, overcoming. You
0: know, that's just that simple.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they offensive line, if they can you know, put in a performance like they did last year against that team from Wisconsin Constant at Lamblow, where we just ran the, mm-hmm. ran the ball down their throat, uh, that's hard to do consistently, but if they can do it tomorrow uh, and keep the Chargers offense off the field a fair bit, then maybe the result will be different than we've seen in recent weeks.
0: Now, last thing to ask you, What's your score prediction? Who do you think's going
1: to win tomorrow? You know, Dave, I was um I I had a hunch. I still have a hunch that the Vikings are going to win this game. Ooh. And uh and um my feeling was that uh they've had such Tough luck in in most of the games this year, uh, and we it, it's pro- it's going to be a close game. I don't think I, I have no doubt about that. It's probably going to come down to the last drive or two. I have no doubt about that. But I just I have a hunch that the Vikings are going to win this one, and then next week they're going to lose to the Packers at home. Just to oh okay. uh, you know, no, no, no no, you know, no, no. Just get your hopes up and then and then dash those hopes. That's what the <laughs> Vikings do. Especially Especially the last couple of years, but again, you're looking at the the NFC playoff picture. We're at three and five, but the, and we're still the number in seven we're still we're in. back. Like Atlanta is four and four, and and then Carolina is four and five, and those are the teams that are ahead of us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we've already beaten Carolina, right? And then New Orleans, which is five and three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the who knows where they're going to go with. Winston though. They don't have Wince. Wince Winston's out. They may are they using Taysom Hill or are they using Trevor Simeon? Tomorrow Alvin Kamara's out. So what where's their offense going to come from? You know, they could go into a big uh a big uh Tailspin. dive themselves. Tailspin. So if a team can get hot here, say that team's the Vikings, start reeling off some wins, all of a sudden you're in the the playoff picture. I guess the the, the, the bigger question is do you really want the Vikings in the playoff, the number seven seed? You, then you got to go up against Tampa Bay or the Packers or wherever, and you get smoked on the road. And then maybe you're, you're still drafting step. 20th
0: or 25th or whatever. Or you're
1: still drafting 20th. Maybe you've got the same coaching staff, same GM because you made the playoffs. Woo hoo 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 You know, big deal. <laughs> then we start this all uh, over
0: again further.
1: Yeah, we start it all over again. and We're talking about the same shit next year. <laughs> Is that we... what we want?
0: <laughs> we will see. The only good thing is if they do that, they get in the playoffs and then suddenly get on a hot streak and make it all the way to the Super Bowl. And then there'd still be people calling for Zimmer's head. But with that, yeah. I'm gl- I, I, I not
1: didn't, I didn't give the score, though. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Vikings um, 27, Chargers 26.
0: Ooh, there. it is close. Okay, cool. I'll take some loose nuggets. Daniel, that is a very good. Very, very good is- prescription in case that happens. Yes,
1: let me know where I can get some magic mushrooms or something.
0: Magic mushrooms, peyote, a little bit of LSD stuff like that. <laughs> um, works great. Not that I've ever tried it. Um, I've been told. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wade <laughs> says it won't be a hot streak. Well, we'll find out. Hey, guys. We have this base group of people that watch us every day, right? Or the six days a week that we have shows. Raymond, Mary, Wayne, Daniel, um all you guys plus more. Where the hell's Viking Jerome? Jesus. I know last Jerome missed us there. today too. Mm-hmm. Steven from down under. I mean, you guys have been fabulous. Make sure you smash that like button because the algorithm helps and it spreads the show which could hopefully grow the family. I know you guys are all subscribed, so ringing the bell doesn't matter. Um, but if you aren't, please ring the bell. But do smash that like button. We appreciate it. And tomorrow, make sure to join us right before the end of the game because we go live before that final whistle for the final score. And we have, hopefully, if everything works right, because SoFi Stadium is such high tech, we have multiple members of Climbing the Pocket and Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings that are in the stadium themselves seeing the game. Hopefully, they will come on live from the stadium to join us for final score. And uh, hopefully, it's a good one. Hopefully, we're celebrating a glorious victory,
1: as we say over there.
0: Any last words there, Darren?
1: Um, you know, I, my last words were making that big, I got a hunch prediction that the Vikings are going to win. I just, uh, I think I, you know, as, as most games have been this year, except for one, uh, I it to be a close one. I expect that the Vikings will have a two score lead at some point that they blow. I expect that the chargers will somehow, uh, be have the ball with the la at the, uh, at the, we'll have the ball, uh, with at the very last drive with a chance to win it. And somehow it won't happen this time.
0: Well, the chargers, their fans and their media have been complaining. Their games are, have been close all season long, just like the Vikings. And they always yeah. keep it close. Well, let's These hope there's two one's
1: real two close very teams. even teams. Yeah. Denver, let's hope this one's a blowout. Look at strength. Surprises. Yeah. Well,
0: if not, if it's close, let's at least win the game. With that, everybody stay safe. Be happy. Uh, stay healthy. Drink your favorite beverage of all. Of oh, oh, whatever it is. Enjoy your company. Enjoy great food. Let's go Vikings. Let's win this game.
1: Go Vikings.